0: The center penalty coming up. Look at the view! Oh my god! What a goal! What a move! Lemuel! Oh
1: baby! There's a mistake and a throw and a by Bridget Mustard! Oh! A taser from Jonathan Tames is first! NBA.
0: Hello, how you doing today, radio listeners? It's Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show. And today's a very special episode, indeed. It's season four, episode 27, an episode we're calling The Corson, a.k.a. Shane Corson. It's co-host Tom here with you. I am with, as always, my good buddy, co-host Randy. And we're live today at Sucram's Brewing, Confusion Corner, Winnipeg. Uh, Recording live. This is airing on UMFM 101.5 FM in Winnipeg uh, on Monday at 5 p.m. And uh, then, of course, you can podcast it, listen to it any old time you like. Uh, we've got a special guest today on the show. It's uh, Pip Skid, legendary Winnipeg-based rapper and uh, goaltender extraordinaire. I've seen this guy make about 100 saves in a game. broke Ron Tugnett's record for sure. Uh Ben Scrivens, the 59-save shutout, broke that record. Um, go back to 1930-something when Newsy Lalonde—I don't even know—I'm just going off, <laughs> talking out my butt right now. But uh, no, we're we're here uh, at Sugrim's and we're gonna um, we're gonna be talking to Pip about—he's got a brand new record that he just dropped. So we're gonna talk a little bit about that. We're gonna talk about some goaltending, 80s hockey, you name it—we'll talk about it. Um, but first. Randy, I gotta ask you, um, what's your favorite ice time, like time of day wise? What do, what do you go for?
2: Well, I think now that we're kind of pushing uh, into the later years of our hockey careers, I'm, I'm actually enjoying the morning skates, uh, and you can almost call it like a morning skate, like you know how they in the bigs, you know, it's like <laughs> morning skate, and it's like oh, like you, you're you got that like, elusive daytime ice time. I, I, I like mornings like 9:30. you got like a cup of coffee in you and uh, you know you're not you know you're not uh, you know maybe as loose as you should be but uh, you know everything hurts when you're this old.
0: <laughs> okay so uh, not the 11 10 p.m. on a Wednesday fair enough noted. Uh, Pipskid, uh, before we even introduce you or talk to you uh, what's your ideal ice time? What do you like?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, um, I do like those morning ones where you haven't eaten like three hamburgers yet, and
0: uh, the old three burger skate. That's <laughs> it.
3: I know it well. Yeah, I mean, we had some morning skates in May, and they're uh, I love that. Aside from that, I I do like uh, I do like an eleven ten on a Wednesday. I don't mind. I don't <laughs> mind that. Uh, you know.
0: Fair enough, fair any, enough.
3: Any time is a good time to play hockey.
0: I'd have to agree with that statement. There's the statement of the day, folks. Let's wrap it up. We're going home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, listeners, we're going to tell you a little bit about Shane Corson right now. And um, for those of you listening at home or on, on the road, wherever you like to listen to the show, uh, usually we um, pick our episode number based on a handy little website that uh, the intern created where he's got a full database of every player who wore every number ever. And I just pull it up and uh, bing, bang, boom, all the information's at your fingertips. But since we're live on location today, we're going to go with um, the old uh, hockey binder, hockey card binder. That's what we're working with today. And I just flipped through it until we found a suitable number 27. And that suitable number 27 is Shane Corson left winger for the Montreal Canadiens upper deck card the 75th anniversary of the NHL so that's in the 91 92 upper deck series um, some of my favorite cards that they ever produced uh, if we flip it over to the back side of the card we're gonna see that Shane Corson has played six seasons in the NHL 356 games he's got 234 points not too shabby uh, 773 penalty minutes. I got a squint to look at that one, if that's right. That is right. He's, he racks him up. Now, this, of course, is the late 80s, early 90s, so uh, a different era of hockey. A little more uh, violent, if you will. Um, Shane's a, a good-sized uh, lad. Six foot, 201 pounds. Hails from Barrie, Ontario. Home of the Colts of the OHL. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to you here, Randy. What do you, what do you know about Shane Corson off the top of your head since our uh, internet database is not easily accessible here? What with the whole Rogers blackout and all?
2: Well, I guess when I think of Shane Corson and I look at this hockey card, uh, it, it was clear that he played against the St. Louis Blues at least once. Uh and the and the New York Islanders here as you can see this guy's legs in the back. Um August 13th his birthday is 3 days after mine. Uh that's cool. Um you know I guess he was a bit of a goal scorer but like um but also you know a, a key part of uh the Habs during during those uh year. Did he was he on the 93 uh, Cup winning team? I think he was. He must have a cup. I think so. He's also rocking black sock tape uh, with red socks, which is something that I wouldn't do. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got for Shane Corson.
0: (laughs) The black sock tape with red. Yeah, that's a bold move. I mean, uh, 99.9% of guys go clear sock tape. But, uh, Pip, you
3: got any insight on Shane Corson? Well, you probably get benched for doing that nowadays. I don't think that would fly now. Um, No, I mean, when it comes to wingers, I don't really give a shit. I don't know what they do. I don't. I don't think they have any use on the ice. Probably.
0: Uh, they got to cover the point uh, <laughs> in the defensive zone. They got to. Um, I actually have
3: a because of our spring team. I actually have a. Uh, I have an anger towards wingers, um, for for constantly not clearing the puck out of our <laughs> end, and uh, and causing sp- plenty of scoring opportunities.
0: Well, there. Let, let's get into it then. There was one uh, game I remember in particular on the spring league team, the Stakebirds here, where where we lost, uh, I believe it was 6-3, and I think four of their goals were a dir- direct result of turnovers at our blue line of our wingers yeah, just not, like not being able to clear it out.
3: Yeah, like where, where the winger, the winger, like, Does a a soft little pass instead of clearing it out, and the other team scores. It it literally happened like at least once a game, if not twice, usually more. And uh, to where where one of our defensemen um, gave a a very serious talking to the main culprit a number of times. (laughs) Pulled him aside. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Before I I forget, too, you mentioned Ben Scrivens. Uh, ben Scrivens is responsible for uh, in goaltending ten, goal mods what's called the Professor Strap because his nickname was the Professor because he was a professor of something.
0: But, Would can you elaborate on so what a, the Professor Strap is?
3: Right, it was like um, because as goalie as goalie pads started uh, being worn looser and looser. Um, he he created a strap that you could retrofit into the stitching of a pad that went very tight around the top of your calf, which then gave you the feel of, of where your pad was and keeping it keeping it somewhat close to your leg while still having everything else loose and being able to rotate without over-rotating and ending up in you know danger because your, your leg is exposed or your knee hitting the ice, whatever. Anyway, um, and and to this, I mean, goalie pads have changed quite a bit since he was in the NHL. But uh, to this day, uh, most new goalie pad designs have that as an option. They they either come stock with that or it's an option. And you can still buy them, like uh, any sort of goalie mod company makes versions of them.
0: That makes but, me wonder. Then does Ben Scrivens get royalties off of this? No
3: <laughs> I mean, um, yeah.
2: uh, actually i got a question for you so if we're gonna jump into gear talk here um do you follow that trav guy do you know that the, the YouTube, i know you're talking about
3: he irritates the living shit out of me so
2: i kind of figured he would but he he pushes this like those uh st- the the pro yeah the laces yeah. so d- what do you what do you do for like that's for for your pad to attach to your skate, right? Yeah, I mean,
3: I I've used the bungees. I've used the bungee for my entire like comeback for years. Um, the one he sells with his name on it just has um, essentially has like a you know a special coating on it so that your skate, if if it does get around the bottom of your skate, that it won't cut as easy. Okay. I believe, but um, but yeah, I mean. Uh, um, a, a lot of people still tie, still tie their goalie pads to their toes with, with laces, and then the the issue with that is when you when you when you butterfly or you're moving excessively like excessively, it pulls on your, your hips and your knees, causing like you know all the, all of these young goalies are going through uh, hip hip surgeries like crazy, and that's that's the main cause of it. So then the bungee the bungee moves with you. But snaps back so you don't have the over rotation or you don't you know um yeah I wouldn't I, I wouldn't be able to play I played bef- if I don't have them I'll go without okay that's how it's when 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 your pads are that tight and, and they pull on your they pull on that tendon on the inside of your knee it just doesn't it feels so disgusting like
2: one more one more goalie question you guys can talk stink birds here here for, for a few minutes but um, how often, like you know, I would think that your your skate blade is is like, aren't you hitting the post every once in a while? And well, yeah, does, you does get the, so many burrs. Yeah. You do okay. Yeah. Like you like, and then like in the middle of the game, you like you you lose an edge or anything like
3: that. Yeah, I mean it's pretty common. And then I mean I would, if I could, I would get my skate sharpened after every game, in between periods even, if possible. Um, one of the coolest um, like goalie possible goalie mods it's that's, that's hit the, the internet recently is this this um, uh, he's like a engineer for aer- aerospace engineer or something and he's he's created a, a a goalie cage with wires as thin as like fishing wire um yeah i heard about this i maybe you wild. were
0: telling me about it i can't remember it's but worth, i just heard about this it's worth looking up and
3: like you know, all these pros are are tweeting him and like, you know, send me one and I'll I'll try that out. So far it's like, just for vision, it would yeah. be unbelievable and breathing and, um, but primarily for vision, it looks bizarre. Like it looks, um, I mean, it looks like a fruit basket or something. I don't like. It's yeah. like it doesn't not look like a goalie mask, um, but pretty cool. If I mean, uh, you know, uh, pretty cool if you could get something like that where where you wouldn't have to look through these big bars
0: how, how much of uh, goaltending gear is um, like like for a player uh, really you know there's only a couple pieces of equipment that are performance um, enhancing or whatever and that would be you know if your skates your stick that's like about it right And, and the rest of it's just protection sort of with goaltending gear for you do you find that it's it, like is any is any of it if you spend the money to get a better piece of equipment is any of it actually do you do you get noticeably better performance out of it do you find or is it all just kind of like it's 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 protective equipment right because you're getting pucks rifled at you all day and yeah it
3: um, well i'd say both like um I mean, you're safer the more you spend. Like, if you're gonna, you know, if you throw, if you're gonna buy a brand new helmet for two hundred dollars, you're gonna, you're risking serious concussions. Um, anything, any goalie helmet that's not that you're not paying at least six hundred dollars for is isn't worth going on the ice with. Uh, you know, I mean, it's exp expensive. Um, yeah, I mean, too, like, um, you know. Better gear is lighter. It's faster. Um, when I when I went to composite sticks, it was an immediate improvement in my game. When my blocker hands faster. I could shoot better. I can like, which gives you more confidence. Which like.
0: Yeah, to I come mean, out and play the puck a little bit if you need to or whatever. Yeah, tell us actually terrifying. before we throw to a couple songs here off your brand new album. Uh, quickly tell us about your sticks. I. I know what they are but tell them give the listeners a little uh heads up to the stick you're using
3: <laughs> uh well they're they're pro uh nhl pro stock return new york rangers to go with the juvie's jersey and they're, they're the when sherwood stopped paying their when sherwood stopped paying their uh um, licensing fee in the nhl they had to go to that odd uh, Lambo, asked me if it was a, stick, if <laughs> was a Tesla stick. It's just dumb. It's just a dumb. It, out or what? Kind of. It's just. It's just like a. It's just a shape, essentially, instead of a logo because they couldn't show it on TV. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I mean they're fantastic fucking sticks. What um, I and I'm blanking as to whose sticks they were.
0: The most handsome man in hockey, Andre Pavlik, <laughs> right. old blue eyes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah. And it says, it says his name in giant big letters yeah, yeah. up the shaft. I'm going to start step. calling you Andre when we're on the <laughs> ice. Uh,
0: with that, though, we're, let's toss to a couple of uh, tunes here. Uh, we're going to do a little double dip of uh, songs off Pip's new album. Uh, We'll start with Cop Chopper, and then we'll follow that up with You're Not the Boss of Me.
3: You're Not the Boss of Me uh, has a video shot by uh, uh, Randy. Talking yeah. hockey Actually, true. I just thought of
2: something, Pip. I should have been wearing my rollerblades for that because we did we did it in a, like a one-taker. So I was like, if I had the blades on, I could have, like, swerved through the chairs at the Sherb there, and
1: it would have been super smooth. But, hey, like,
0: uh, maybe the next one. Next video. Next video. All right. Okay, here's uh, Pips Kid with Cop Chopper.
1: Why, when the cop helicopter flies by, is it 1 a.m. and I am trying to find just a little bit of peace in my life? Or is that wrong to feel right when the cops? Sky. I think about the money that is mine Being used by those pigs so they can spy On you and I Time to yes, I hear this thing like all day long He's fucking cops shop on and on Tens of million dollars gone Stupid bird it sings its song On your roof and on your ceiling What a job this fucking city sucks. It's a stump. We've never even won. It's not a slump. We're having a yard sale at 10 p.m. Everything, Everything must go. to is the end. Our city is a nurse just for rent. He's one of you people really loves above. They're up there in the sky. Being spun like a gun in the game of elect it goes.
0: Been so broke that my bank account was great. Right. Had so much debt, even Jesus couldn't save Lord me. Quit all my jobs so I wouldn't get fired. Bought myself a guitar, sat around the campfire. Played the G G G G G C D. Well, my mama be proud, she could see me. Went from zero to hero and hero to legend. Bought from the res using words as his weapon. Became my own
1: boss, and it's where I am currently. Turned a blank page to a pocket full of currency.
0: Flipped it around from where I started thankfully Now I got these white folks that want to write a grant for me Hey Mr. Summoner, can I get a signature? Signing
1: autographs and even taking pictures No need to read through, you can trust me I'm a liberal,
0: I only want your land and your culture and your spirit too That's That's all
2: That's That's
0: it, that's it Simple Simple What's
1: your fucking ex? What's
0: your fucking ex now? All right, that was You're Not the Boss of Me by Pip Skid off his brand new album called A Really Nice Day. And you know what, folks? It is a really nice day. I don't know what uh, today, Monday is, but today, Saturday? No, what is today? Today is Friday, folks. We're recording on Friday. Uh, And it was a really nice day today. So we're here at Sukrum's Brewing. Uh, recording live uh, on location. We got the hockey binder out. We're talking to Pipskid, local uh, goaltender and rapper. Do you ever rap while you're goaltending?
3: Um, no, no. I mean, if if my brain is there, then I'm probably playing a pretty bad game. <laughs> like if I'm thinking about bills or like or like my yeah, I'm thinking about music or something. I try. It's like. One, I mean, one of the beautiful things about playing hockey for me, because I have, I, maybe it doesn't happen for players because you guys are sitting on the bench all the time. But like, I have to folk. I, I have to just let my brain go, and and so it's it's an hour of it's an hour of escape, you know, where like nothing can seep in or out, and if if it is if stu- things are seeping in and out, I generally have a pretty bad game (laughs) do you have a song about hockey i've no i've made hockey references i shazam who is in freak show him and i have had plans to make up us because he's also a goalie um and uh, plays on that he plays on that beer league team that's made up of all winnipeggers in toronto whatever they're called
0: uh, they've got the uh guess who inspired yeah. jerseys or something Any, the wheat field soldiers or something like that exactly that team, yeah, yeah 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 anyhow
3: um i had this idea where it would be you know it'd be like three verses each like each would be a period and oh, it would yeah. be there would be what's going on in our heads as we're battling nice. at each end um so maybe that'll materialize one day nice. um i was listening to um speaking of which i was listening to this interview with Mers the other day um Uh, on a podcast on open Mike eagles podcast which was really fantastic but he anyway he was talking about just his you know his versatility and different styles and he brought up that hockey song that he We we
0: played that on the show uh sure yeah i don't know earlier this year i think it was
3: and it was i was thinking about you guys when he was talking about it because he was like he was like, well, my ki- my kid's really into hockey, and I don't know how that happened. So he's like, I'm going to write a song about hockey. I don't know anything about hockey. <laughs> and he's like, I just Googled hockey and read up a bunch of stuff, and then I wrote a song, f- and he walks around singing it all the time. Nice. But I was, like, I was like, oh, that's, that's cool.
0: <laughs> that was a cool it's song. A, it's it's just a funny like... song because
3: it's like he's reading... Yeah, he's just, like, listing all the teams, basically. And there's a
0: right right winger and a left winger. I think his line about the Montreal Canadiens was that they have the biggest stadium in the league or something like that. (laughs) And the draft uh, just happened this past couple days, and it was held in Montreal at the biggest stadium, and they all booed (laughs) Gary Bettman when he got on stage. Uh,
3: As as everyone should. Yeah.
0: yeah, Pip, let's talk some vintage goalies here. We've got the hockey card book just open to the New York Rangers. We're looking at Mike Richter. We're looking at John Van Beesbrook. Of those two, who do you like?
3: Well yeah, I mean the I mean the first thing that I see is I see like the vintage gear. And the I Vaughan just think pads. about I think about yeah, those legacy pads. Yeah. Um and the like the the Cooper um, what is it? The G12 blocker, and um, the, that looks like brown gear on uh, Van. Br- but I and I think about how much money I could get on Kijiji for that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the dollar signs. <laughs> yeah. Also, I think John Van Vanbiesbroeck is a. It may, I could be wrong here, but I think he might be a real fucking prick, oh, really? like like far right, like fascist prick, um, uh, allegedly. Should I say? It? I should probably say that. Um, <laughs> I, I have. I no think idea. he might be a real prick. I, I, I could be wrong though, but probably. I mean, come on, give it a you know. Yeah. Anyhow. Let's well, see Richter. Richter goalies. was of
0: course, uh, you know, brought the New York Rangers a Stanley Cup in nineteen ninety four. Um, let's uh, let's turn the page over here to the New Jersey Devils, and sure. Rantanperä. No. We're talking Sean Burke and Chris Terreri. Yeah. Uh, Chris Terreri
2: was always, like, the coolest goalie for me. I loved Chris Terreri. Yeah. He was, like, very acrobatic.
3: Yeah, okay. I mean, you can see that in this. uh,
2: Well, he was, like, almost like Pavlik, like your
3: sticks. He was always way out
2: of position, so he had to do (laughs) stuff like that.
3: Right, yeah. I mean, so many of the goalies of that area. Because, I mean, you know, technique wasn't really a thing. These guys didn't have goalie coaches. I mean, it might have been just the start of goalie coaches. Yeah. And so it was like, you know, it was a, a lot of Hail Mary shit. I mean, oh. Sean Burke, um, am I right? Is he from, where is he from? He's Manitoba, That's I think. I right. Say, yeah, because yeah. I... Oh, why don't you look at the back of the card? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I believe Isn't he's I on like it? CJOB or whatever no, for I Jets
0: broadcasts. It. But, but...
2: No, Windsor on... You're thinking of Trevor Kidd. Oh, I'm thinking of Trevor Kidd, right. Yeah. Yeah, Kidd, yeah.
0: but, but um, Sean Burke might have been a team Canada guy or something yeah, but, yeah that makes but sense, Chris yeah. Toreri kind of reminds me of Mike Vernon a little bit in his yeah, uh, look yeah. but I think goalies back in in the 90s 80s whatnot they didn't have to be these big guys that just took up space and so there was a lot more athleticism to their game where they were like they were flinging themselves all over making these ridiculous acrobatic saves because they didn't have the size to just kind of drop in a butterfly and slide from side to side and yeah. take up the space with their body, you know? I mean, this was just the era.
3: The, the butterfly had just kind of, like Patrick Waugh, had just kind of started doing the butterfly around this point. Yeah. And so...
2: Well, here's a question here. Chris Terreri is clearly getting snowed in this picture. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, tell me about some stories where you've got... I'm sure someone's giving you the snow job in, in beer league, No.
3: Yeah, I mean it. Ha- the worst. I mean it happens all the time. Um, the worst one was the, I mean the the apocalypse where we played in the dog park, and people just <laughs> shot dog shit in my eye for for five hours, and I had like I had like a year. I had like a 13 month case of pink eye. <laughs> it just kept coming back. For the for the <laughs> listeners,
0: uh, that apocalypse. It was too warm to play actually on the outdoor rink, so. Uh, we resorted to playing basically ball hockey on um, a shoveled-off part of the park that happened to be also the dog run. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of dog shit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, I
3: mean, usually when you get a when usually when you get a face full full of of, of ice, it means that someone's coming in a little hot for beer league.
0: Right. Uh, like that happened actually uh, this, year, this spring, where we were losing by a touchdown, and <laughs> the, the two seconds left on the clock, some kid had a breakaway, and he came in super hard and crashed India. I don't know if he gave you a snow job, but crashed India. And then he's like, oh, sorry, didn't mean to. And, and we were all, like, the, the rest of us came over, and he's like, well, if you didn't mean to, then what are you doing it for? <laughs> like, you guys are obviously winning here. Anyway, Washington Capitals, Don Beaupre. Jim Harivnak.
3: See Bo um, here for gear, Beaupre's got like a cheater mask. Yeah. Which is the style of cage that I wear. Called oh, cheater okay. because it can it can pass as a CSA approved mask when it's not. You could get a butt you could get a butt end of a stick through the eye there though, hey? Yeah, but a puck, unlike a cat eye, a puck won't fit in. Um but Beaupre, I mean Mike Liut and Bopre were were kind of the first people to start wearing this style. Tim Thomas also a prick um, <laughs> yeah. he he made he made this style of, of cage sort of famous and like uh, this company sport mask made one called the TT cage
0: isn't uh, uh, isn't that like the CHL goalie mask or they've got a double bar thing in the CHL that they have to wear
3: well that's just that's just a regular ass like what any kid would have to wear
0: okay
3: uh, but this it's like I say it's called a cheater because because a ref a ref probably isn't going to notice the difference even though the vision is way way better um it's safer than a cat eye but the vision is the vision is the same people just don't wear cat people don't wear cheaters because they don't think they look as cool
0: they don't yeah the cat eyes eyes look cooler um and if you dangle one of those clear neck guards off a cat eye mask then uh you know even better, I <laughs> love Patty Roy, I guess. But there's uh, a
2: bucket list. So warmy there.
0: Yeah, uh, look, we're flipped over to the Pittsburgh Penguins section now, and we've got some real beauties on this page. We're talking Wendell Young, Tom Barasso, Frank, Frank Petrangelo. Um, I mean, take your pick there. Wendell Young, I'll just give it a little shout out, Halifax, Nova Scotia, and uh, brown pads.
3: Yeah, that's. Um, Brasso's like a full right, too, eh? Yeah, he should,
0: yeah, catches right. Yeah. yeah, That's right. Yeah, he is uh, Yeah, the, the opposite-handed goalie. Um, and he Brasso, in this card, it's kind of hard to tell what his pads are. Do you know that brand? Which sure? you remember uh, these ones here? Oh, Do that. you remember Brasso's pads? He often had, remember Darren Poopa. Had kind of oh, like pillow they, pads, they, they they and like, Brasso kind of for a while. I feel like had similar pads.
3: Jesus, my eyes are getting bad. Um, yeah, I mean those look those look like they would are brown with the tag in the front. They might be Kaneski. Kineski made the like. Kaneski still exists. They made he made the first uh, the first goalie pads for the NHL ever. Um, Kineski came back recently with when they, when they resized goalies' chest and arms. Um, and the companies, just a lot of the companies that were making them just sized them bad to bring them down for regulation, and Kineski came up with a, a better option. So a lot of, a lot of NHL guys uh, wear Kineski chest, chest and arms. Or they Frankenstein them where they have the arms of a Kineski and like a, a Bauer chest plate.
0: I think that I think that Barrasso's pads that is the like a B for brown yeah, or something looks like those brown, are bra- yeah.
3: yeah with the Cooper blocker um, those blockers were the best cuz they were light and they you were could the hit most somebody affordable with them? Yeah I mean well <laughs> and you could do this cool shit where um, you could take the plastic plate out really easy with the stitching and then what I would do is I would put like red tape my team had like red highlights and put like so some of the whole, some of the waffle had like red in it or whatever okay' so here's could, a, here's, here's bought
2: it here's a question that you're probably going to get mad at, and this is what I would do for my my road hockey goalie gear. I had like the you know the blocker catcher pads, but I would put like the craziest curve on my blocker, so then like oh, yeah. you'd, you'd you'd make the you'd make the deflections go like because like, you'd have like a big basically like a like a half circle as a blocker almost. Yeah, it's, yeah.
3: Like, a, it's like a skateboarder coming through <laughs> yeah, <a half-pack>. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Does um, that
2: make you cringe or what?
3: No, I mean, I, I would curve mine because those Cooper blockers came straight, so then I would curve mine while watching Hockey Night in Canada and put a little curve on it. I mean, now now they make them where the top, like you can get the t- where the top comes up quite yeah, a bit yeah. f- for rebound control. Or, I mean, you can also have your palm you want your palm up higher depending on how you like how you deflect pucks. Um but yeah, I mean the blocker the blocker is commonly known to by goalies as the piece of equipment that doesn't matter to a lot of people, but I mean I mean it matters the least, I suppose. But it's still, you know. We were looking at Andy Moog a second ago. Yeah. Um Andy Moog was when I was growing up, I mean Fuhr and Moog were like my goaltending guys. And then, I mean, when I when Mog went to the Bruins, I became I had I remember I had this like corduroy Bruins hat that I'd twist to the side because those corduroy and rap. hats.
0: I know the one you speak of. Yes.
3: Hockey and rap uh, meeting each other and 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 but yeah, Mog. I mean, he had such a cool style. Yeah. And like, I mean, a you know a really good I mean a really good goalie, but. I mean may, was he underrated? I don't know. I mean he had a, in a way, like
0: historically underrated, I think. But, at the time I think he was probably rated suitably, but like yeah. I think we've forgotten about him because he was if you want to go back and think about it, he's probably like him and Fuhrer and Ranford to an extent. But Ranford came a little later. Yeah. But Fuhrer and Moog best goldies of the eighties in a way. Right. I would I would dare say. Have I don't you, know.
2: Have you watched that and uh, Grand Fear documentary?
3: I have. It was pr- it wasn't the, it wasn't very well made but um.
2: the story though, like I think Andy Moog was there first and then Gra- Grand Fear kinda took took the took it away from him and then yeah. Grand Fear ended up being the the starter the rest of the way and got all got all well. Mo got the cups too, but
3: yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he was definitely. I mean, it was a, it was an all-star team, so you have your backup goalie. I mean, back then, nowadays that's pretty common to have, you know, you have two two starters basically. If you're going to be a contending team, you've you know, but but back then it was rare to have two, two guys who could start any game and win, like right, yeah. But, um,
0: golden starting goalies in those days played 75 games. Yeah, they would
3: play the whole season. But then this, um, I mean, yeah. And forgive me if I told this story already. But there's like, there's this. uh, Moog was telling this story about how, um, too, when there was only one, there was only a goal. Like, the only, the only goalie coaches they had in the NHL were per division. It wasn't for a team. And he said, so every once in a while, this guy would pop his head into the Edmonton dressing room, and just say, "Hey, when you guys are done showering, I'll take you for a beer and a steak." And he would be like, so how are you guys doing? And they're like, fine. And he's like, everything okay? Yeah. He's like, cool, I'll see you in three months. <laughs> and off he would go. And he's like, in practice, he's like, we would just like hang out and like shoot pucks at each other. And like, because cause like when they were doing player drills, like we weren't involved and there was no coach. Because he, now he's a goalie coach for what, the Hershey Bears or whatever it is, right? But he also said another interesting thing is he – when he first started in ontario he he wore full right like he had his blocker on his on his left hand oh yeah because that's the only loner gear they had
0: oh so he's like ambidextrous maybe a little bit and he he's said an that amb-
3: he said that that's what made him a really good goalie was uh, being able to like you know being able to cuz he had to play with the wrong hand and then when he finally was able to play with the right hand he was like holy shit i'm really good nice as opposed to just okay
0: Well, Pip, we know what Andy Moog was working on. He's working on that glove hand. Uh, We're going to throw it to a song here off your new record, which is called A Really Nice Day. This song here is called What Are You Working On? Find a job you enjoy and work hard at it.
1: Expected to work every day deep in the dirt. Seven days a week to fill their thirst. All we do is work and it's the worst. We build stuff, still barely pay the bills. Deliver packages through danger, raining hills. Clean a toilet when it overflows and spills. Give a friend 10, but only got 20 bills. $15 minimum wage is a joke. Shit should have happened in the 90s, we are broke. Fight for the past and the future you revoke. These $15 politicians are a joke. Nope, we need a real living wage. Idiots on stage, you need us tired and afraid. $15 an hour is past the state. They need us in a depressed state. Under debt and stress a lot of weight. One paycheck away from sleeping on the street. Working three jobs so your family can eat. Grind all your dreams in the discount week. Finish the work, we need to be completely beat. Exhausted from work, too many hours on the feet. Too deep in debt to ever say what you think. Fantasies are killing your vibes, so intense. Rock-a-rime. When ah, I rock around, when I rock around, when, when, when it's it's and it bullshit. Bullshit. I'm in the room, it's better and bullshit. I'm crying, I'm not so involved, shit. The room's better and bullshit. It's right. time to cut out my losses. <laughs> gonna, when I rock around, I cannot always tell the time of day. I get lost and toss in total fucking disarray. Drunk in the night and the day, a life passed away drink to feel and feel nothing no i'm not awake tell myself so many lies just to have a drink you deserve it need to pick me up it helps me think shrink another glass hear the bottles clink when you drink just the right amount you're so in sync in the blink of a million drinks i fully function spent months in the dehydration torture dungeon Lunging for food that's disgusting Old onion in the back of the cupboard that no one's touching No man so sad he can't cut the mustard Too hungover in bed to really bust it All the stress and anxiety has me flustered Eat a bunch of butter and say fucking Bullshit, Why am I so impulsive? Why am I so impulsive? Who is buttering bullshit? Who is buttering bullshit? It's time to cut off my lungs. It's time to cut off my life.
0: That was Booze, Butter, and Bullshit by Pips kid off the brand new album. A really nice day. We're having a really nice day right here, live at Sukrim's recording here on uh, Friday night. You're listening to us on Monday you on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. Or you're uh, listening via podcast and you've downloaded it and are listening at your leisure. Perhaps you're walking the dog in the park. Perhaps you're having a lazy uh, Sunday on the couch. Maybe you're driving to work. I don't know, man. You're listening however you're listening, and that's awesome. We thank you for tuning in. Um, As always, tell your friends. Drop us a little rate and review on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that kind of good stuff. Um, And, uh, you know, we thank you for listening. Listen, we're going to talk to Pip right now about the new record a little bit. Um, As mentioned earlier in the program, uh, co-host Randy shot a video for one of the songs we played earlier, You're Not the Boss and Me. Um, why don't we start with a little story about the video shoot or something like that? How, how did, how did that all go down?
3: Oh, um, I don't, we shot in like, uh, uh, I mean, Randy, Randy had an idea to do the, like everything in one take, which is, uh, um, uh, Which is cool, because then, like I said, then there's no editing, really. Saves you a shit-ton of work. (laughs) Um, Well, to
2: be honest, that sounds lazy. (laughs) But but I've always wanted to do a one-taker, and it's like, I asked Pip, it's like, let's do a one-taker, and, you know, he he, uh, lined up some extras and a location, and, uh, yeah, we went for it.
0: Was it it. truly one take? Yes.
3: Yeah?
2: Well, like, we did multiple takes. Okay, that's... We did. You do multiple takes run. and then you pick, you pick the best one. Yeah, yeah. Like not just run through
0: once and be
3: like, got it. See you later. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. Studio. Oops, I forgot to hit record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no green screen. No tricks. Yeah. No tennis balls. Um, yeah. And it, um, uh, some really good feedback on that video. Um, and yeah, the album. Um, uh, it's the first time that I've worked with McEnroe in like 18 years I think um, which which is weird I guess strange how time goes by I didn't really believe that when I read that um, as we you know we, we started making music together so many years ago in Brandon and um, so yeah I mean it was it was sort of a natural just a natural fit to it was it was easy, like, um, you know, there was, it was just a, just like an old pair of pants or whatever. Yeah. Um, Hockey pants. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, so when did the process of the recording or writing the album begin for you? Like, was it, did it come together super quick for you? Was it like you reached out to McEnroe, you know, and you're like, I got these ideas. Like, how, take us through that a little bit.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, Rod, Rod just sent me some, like, a beat package, and, uh, I mean, at first, I mean, it was definitely COVID, it, it was definitely, COVID had a lot to do with it, because um, all of a sudden, Rod had so much time off, and, and in his work, he just doesn't have time off, and so, um, he he wanted to start getting stuff done, and just made it easy, and and. I mean I wrote I wrote pretty quick to all of it and then and then it and then it, it the process really slowed down after the writing was very quick and then the pro, the rest of the process came to a screeching halt with him being called back into work and then the record sort of just being abandoned on both ends for you know weeks at a time and then you come back to it. I mean life it's it's so challenging to make music at um, you know I'm almost fifty, and it's like when you find time for this shit, like um, you know it's it's like it is it's so hard to find time and balance everything and and I mean you know i in a in a in an ideal world, I would just like escape and like but then your marriage falls apart and you're like the dog doesn't get walked and like the dishes don't get you know it's like is just so much shit, shit to do right. all the time and so so yeah.
0: compared to compared to some of the previous records you made you know going back you've been making music for a long time uh how did this differ i guess well you just kind of told us how it differed but like um did like was it was it like did did how it differ impact the output do you think
3: um yeah i mean in some ways i mean because i recorded i recorded all my vocals at my place and so it's the first time we haven't been in the same studio um the record would have sounded different probably in some some ways because i would you know i send rod ideas at like four in the morning and then he doesn't get to them for a couple weeks and then you know it's like it's different if you're just sitting and pushing each other in a studio setting um but um, overall, I'm happy with it. I mean, I mean, the, one of the biggest struggles it's with music is like, you know, I could sit with it for years and just keep tuning and tuning and tuning it. But then, I mean, what what's the fucking point? Like, you might as well just move on.
0: And like, at some point, at some point, you got to put it out there, right? Yeah, and
3: like nothing, you know, it's like okay, oh oh shit, I didn't create a perfect record again. Now fuck me, like. <laughs> okay well let's fucking try again next time <laughs> like what, just what like chasing that bullshit idea that you're gonna make this yeah thing and but I mean not I'm happy with the record and I'm, re, I'm like uh, but you know you, you at some point you have to like let your kid go to call or, or yeah. I don't know you gotta make it just to make the next one analogy. too because
2: like you'll you learn things uh, like what could you tell us though like thematically about the record is there like you know like you, is there like a concept involved at all or is it just kind of a collection of songs stuff that you were inspired by over the course of the past little while also you did the artwork for the record so is there a crossover between uh, you know lyrics and, and, and art is uh, uh, like in, in any way
3: yeah I mean yeah I mean the I mean the sort of over overriding theme is just like labor and class struggles um, working Working people and underemployed people and overemployed without without the benefits of the money, um, and then so the art, the art reflects that with the the black using like sort of Sylvester cartoony black cat as um, as a symbol for for like um, the labor movement with the May Day black cat, um, um, and yeah, just as a you know the. Um, uh, you know, and on the on the cover, he's uh, the cat is, is about to dine on the Monopoly Man's head. Um, just that sort of. I mean, uh, the majority of the songs sort of. And and I, I through through COVID, having to go and work like a real. This is the first time in my life I've had um, like a regular sort of nine to 5 y kind of job. I mean, I've always, for the most part, had to work. Like dumb jobs I don't want to you know to a point, but um it's the first time I've had like a like a real normal ass job and um, um as opposed to like some shitty kitchen job that I come and go from as I tour or whatever, or like you know working working with like graffiti gallery, which was a great job in in some ways and like working with kids and it's fulfilling but uh, but as this is just like this di- di- you know, and so I, I think a lot of, um, a lot of the the music came from my like frustration of, of yeah, having just the stupidest fucking job, uh, and like, you know, very just very normal sort of working class job, I guess.
2: No songs about wingers who can't get the pucks out. <laughs> <laughs> that one's on the next record.
0: He's <laughs> writing it right now. Uh, so. Well, we got to thank you, Pip. Here, we're gonna we're running out of time quickly here, so we got to wrap it up. But um, we got to thank you for dropping in here and uh, joining us for uh, another episode of Talking Hockey. This we're gonna go out with a with a song, uh, another new one off the album. We're basically playing the whole damn album here. Uh, <laughs> this one's called Sing Along. Uh, so li- listeners, uh, make sure you grab the new Pip Skid album called A Really Nice Day. Uh, you can. Um, where tell us tell us all the, tell us all the places you can go pick up the album merch uh you got a whole slew of merch all that kind of stuff
3: uh yeah you can find me on my uh social media stuff just pipskid wherever um uh, and um you can buy physical copies at the peanuts and corn Bandcamp, or you can buy digital copies there as well as opposed to uh streaming it for essentially free like an asshole <laughs> as he glares at me <laughs> but but yeah and also yeah you know um regardless i mean, make money for fun and not music so you know just enjoy it however you uh ingest it however however you can whether if you want to burn a cdr and you go for it
0: (laughs) beautiful all right well thank you so much for joining us and uh we're going to go out on this tune sing along listeners keep your stick on the ice uh check your lie and uh tune in next week for another episode of Talkin' Hockey, the Hockey Talkin' Show.
1: Facial recognition cameras taking our picture. So much plastic in our bodies, it's a fixture, mixture. Bush and machine is a twister. Cyborgs with bad parts and pickled livers. head comes quicker, flame starts to flicker. Feet is bullshit like Cinderella's slipper. All we really have is a scratch and sniff sticker. Scratch and win lottery, cigarettes and... Lake. We are charging our battery not there's, there's nothing wrong energy Let's do a sing-along Functioning automatic This song will sing And that doesn't mean a thing We are charging our battery And it goes like this Love's energy Purse up your lips Functioning automatic This is a song that will sing And that doesn't mean a thing In person, I'm taking naps, dog walks, web surfing, tap the laptop every ten minutes, reoccurring. End of my shift and my words start slurring from bourbon. Getting through the day is a whirlwind, burning, working for these vermin. Cut little pieces away each day, just like a surgeon. Can't wash a serpent out with detergent, dirty like you. Mystery searches, sus versus billionaires, politicians, churches. While the cast of motherfucking Friends does rehearsals. We are designated vessels for commercials. Worst is a long way away, but this is urgent. Immersed in some universal curse. We can't put this back into the bottle or in reverse. They know you walk down and off at some Pringles. Now you're getting asked for chips in your windows. I don't know who is in charge or advising, but I do not want to be advertising. Want to be private, my own little island. Nothing to hide, all naked and silent.